You're listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around Austin P, the athletics department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson. He is Dylan Schwartz and it is officially summer for our student-athletes. For us, it's an opportunity to admit busy work for ourselves to maintain the illusion of 40-hour work weeks. Dylan, how are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. Um, as has, I think, become kind of a hallmark of what we do here. I guess we'll talk about Game of Thrones and how off the rails I feel like this show's gone now yeah when you're leaving starbucks cups <laughs> in a scene you're kind of phoning it in a little bit i think that's maybe that maybe i'm being unfair maybe that's a little too much i i read they had um they had the crew film fake scenes so in case of people trying to leak stuff and spoil stuff that it'd be wrong on purpose so <laughs> and of course you know there's people who have claimed this is what happens you know in terms of leaks and stuff so well, well, I guess we'll find out. It was only two episodes ago. I mentioned to you that um, I'm really wondering how they're going to wrap everything up because there's about still a lot of story arcs that I don't see how they can finish unless like they devote like 30 seconds to it. People are like, well, that didn't really satisfy anything. So I'm either expecting that or a lot of like spinoffs involving certain characters, like maybe characters like Tormund or... Brienne or something, maybe. I would totally watch uh, Torment and Ghosts Adventures Beyond the Wall. <laughs> like, I would honestly watch that over Game of Thrones proper at this point. But I think that speaks to a larger part of the problem with why George R. R. Martin is having so much trouble finishing these books. You paint yourself into a narrative corner, and it really takes a lot to go, okay, I'm going to, all right, if I pivot here, that opens up this possibility. And when you've got five books... And seven seasons of television now, all kind of pointing to a specific end game. It's kind of difficult to shed plot now, and it's. <laughs> I mean, at least for him, he's got you know two books of varying lengths to try to wrap this all up. These the showrunners have two hours now, two and a half hours now to figure this out. Um, and as for, I mean. A lot has been made on the internet this week of Jon Snow not being able to pet his direwolf goodbye, which, pet your direwolf goodbye if you're going to give him to a half-giant and head south, is my personal feeling on the matter. I actually read something that they couldn't do it based on, like, the um like technology or something, but I'm like, you, you have three dragons flying around the show, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, you just just wrapped an episode that had a a brought back to life giant uh squeeze a small girl to death so you know like cut part of one half of one second of one of those scenes so Jon Snow can pet his dire wolf who saved his life like eight times goodbye that's just my feeling yeah uh last week closer to home we also had graduation 66 student athletes took the big walk last week congratulations to all of them uh, a, a huge week uh in the lives of just about everyone uh you know come back and see us whenever you get an opportunity to I know you're off in the world now doing uh great and illustrious things or i mean you know it's wednesday so maybe you're not quite doing that yet but in a week or two you will be so you know just just come back and see the old stomping grounds every once in a while uh, go on I didn't have anything else, honestly. Oh. <laughs> um, for the women's tennis team, um, in coherence with the Game of Thrones theme, their watches come to an end after a magical 
season started out 22 and 0 their first regular season OVC title since 1989 the first OVC tournament title since 2010 and it unfortunately came to an end in Athens Georgia against number 22 Wake Forest and the Govs definitely improved in doubles but they always thought singles were going to be their strength and Wake Forest had two nationally ranked doubles pairs so it was almost an expectation that Wake Forest would you know, be a little stronger in the doubles pairings, and they collected two 6-1 victories at the number one and number two spots. Um, Fabian Schmidt and Danielle Morris were up 4-3 number three doubles, did not, have, did not have an opportunity to finish that match. And it's it, and going into singles, um, a couple of Wake Forest players kind of took those first sets pretty early, and Austin Peeb won a couple of sets. Lidiana Garcia won the first set of her match number two singles. Morris won her first set at number six singles. Schmidt led back. It was a back-and-forth affair in her first set. Eventually, she lost in an uh, extra... Or she lost in a tiebreak, and it went past the seven-point threshold to win the tiebreak. I think she lost 8-6 in the first set tiebreak and then was also competitive in the second set by the time the match finished. But Wake Forest just got out ahead at number three and number five singles pretty quickly. I think they only dropped three or four games overall with those two sets. And um, Claudianos Garcia had a chance to even her match against the number 34-ranked player in the country. It was up, um, was up 5-4. In the second set, unfortunately, um, Wake Forest's number one uh, came back, and that ended the match at 4-0. Um, you had Lydia, uh, again, up a set and up in the second set. Morris was also in a second set tiebreaker. So you like the Govs' chances if they're able you know, they're able to extend one of these other matches to to grab um, Austin Pease and the conference's first ever individual victory in the NCAA Women's Tennis Tournament. But y- you have to be... Amazed at what the job of uh, Coach Ross Brown and Coach Maria Sobello have done um, for for the team this year. Um, unbelievable season, wins a plenty, shutouts a plenty. We talked all throughout the season, just dominating teams. Um, and you know, with with the seniors now, with the Giannis Garcia twins and, and Helena Kupic now being gone, it'll be interesting to see how they rebuild now because that is. Or those were three of the best players in OSPI history, especially uh, the Giannis Garcia twins, who are first and second in singles in or career singles and doubles wins in OSPI history. So you know, give a huge round of applause and a bravo to OSPI women's tennis team. The the four zero was not indicative of how competitive that match was, but sometimes it's the way sports go. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's most frustrating about this, and it's a, a large illustration of just how difficult it is to win when you get to the NCAA level. Of you've got you've got some of our people in the lineup who are on their way to forcing, you know, if not multiple sets, then at least throwing every bit of a challenge and a scare into Wake Forest, but it's still going to read 4-0 in the box score, and that's just that's unfair and not indicative of what happened. In their off weekend from OVC play, the Govs took a series from visiting Jacksonville, not Jacksonville State, Jacksonville, at Raymond Seaham Park. In the opener, Parker Phillips set the tone for the weekend with a first-inning home run to kick off a 12-1 beating of the Dolphins. Phillips, Garrett Spain, Garrett Keeper, and John McDonald each collected multiple hits, while Josh Rye fashioned his season's seventh win by tossing six shutout innings, striking out six, and scattering three hits. For six innings, Jacques Pichu was able to keep the Govs in it in game two, but a six-run eighth for the Dolphins left Austin P little time to mount a comeback in an eventual 8-3 loss. 
One day after graduating, Aaron Campbell hit his first career home run as a governor in the middle of the three-game set. In the finale, Phillips homered in the first and third innings. Alex Sala, another graduate, homered in the fourth. And the Cubs built an eight, a six-run lead rather in the eventual 8-3 win. Ryan Kuba went four innings in his first start as a governor. Tuesday, the Cubs ventured to Knoxville, where Phillips hit yet another homer, his 20th, to set the single-season record in front of Lance Wampler. However, despite Phillips' homer and another excellent day for Campbell, who went 3-for-3, three three, the Cubs left Knoxville with a 9-4 loss, probably the second worst thing about that trip, the worst being the bus breakdown in Cookville that kept the Cubs from getting home at 3 a.m. Yeah, that would not be fun. I've had a couple, I had a one-time bus breakdown, and five-hour trip took about 11 one time when I my first year doing this, I was on the bus with the Memphis softball team, and we had a paint. Well, one of the window panes fell out of the bus. For the softball team, a massive weekend last uh, last weekend for the girls. They needed a sweep to secure or sweep of two series, so four games in total to secure a share of the regular season or OVC regular season title. And it started out really promising. The Govs. Hanley won the first three games of the weekend, swept UT Martin, defeated SIUE in the opening game of the um, of the second series. And starting with UT Martin, um, the Govs and Skyhawks traded scoreless frames for four innings in game one before Danielle Learman's two-run double put the Govs ahead. But Martin equaled in the fifth, but Brooke, and I don't, I'm not going to even... Pfefferly. Pfefferly. Um, Brooke Pfefferly's sack fly in the sixth scored Morgan Rackle, and that proved to be the difference. So the Govs still alive for an OVC regular season title. And in game two, uh, Martin actually struck first with a fourth inning home run, but the Govs matched that in the fifth thanks to an RBI single from senior Carly Matson and scored three in the sixth, including two via a Kelsey Gross home run. And that was, of course, more than enough to help, to help Rackle secure a complete game win, which was her 20th victory of the season. Moving on to the SIUE series, the Govs uh, led wire to wire in a 10-5 victory in the opener. Gross went four for five, drove in two runs, and just for fun tossed six innings in the win, and putting the Govs a victory away with Rackle ready to go in the circle, just needing a win to claim an OVC or claim a share of the OVC regular season title, and it got off again to another great start. Scored the first four runs in game two, but it looked like they might have, you know, Possibly taking their foot off the gas a little. Five governor errors helped the Cougars get back into the game. It went into extra innings, and SIUE ended up winning via a walk-off in the eighth inning, which unfortunately did not allow the Govs to claim a share of the regular season title and sent them to the three seed instead of uh, a possible one seed or a two seed. But they'll have an opportunity and plenty of opportunity this weekend in Alabama uh, to chase a championship. Uh, short week for track and field last week with just Cameron McClellan, Diamond Battle, and Gariel Nutter representing Austin P at the Billy Hayes Invitational in Bloomington, Indiana. McClellan got some run in the long jump, triple jump, and the hurdles as she rehabs from injury and gets ramped up for the upcoming OVC championships. want to give a shout-out to some uh, softball players. We just talked about them. Five softballers named all OVC, including four first-team all OVC honorees, which is the most in OVC history. On the first team, Casey Akery, Morgan Rackle, Danielle Learman, and Carly Matson. And on the all uh, OVC second team and all newcomer team is Lexi Osalski. Um, Morgan Rackle, you know, has been, she was, you know, preseason name, but is one of the top 100 players, and she has absolutely been dominant in pretty much all of her outings. As I mentioned, she got her 20th victory of the season uh, over the weekend. 
uh, through a through a no hitter. Uh, you know, this past year has been. Don't forget about the sixteen inning complete game. Yeah, sixteen inning complete game. I mean, uh, and feel free to chime in with all the stats that I may forget because um, I only have the names uh, listed here. Um, Danielle Learman has been an absolute force at the plate, um, all-time Governor's home run leader. Uh, Carly Matson senior behind the uh, catcher behind the plate. Um, you know, a, a very solid season from her so far. Um, Casey Acre as well, garnering our all first team All OVC uh, nom- er, honoree. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think Matson led the led OVC catchers in home runs and doubles. Uh, Acre once again a, a strong presence in the lineup. Osowski, I think my favorite. Uh, stat that I saw from that release is that she struck out three times yeah. all year. That's that's incredible. Um, and then, oh, and then oh, tra- yeah. track and field. Yeah, and then track and field. Kyra Wilder, uh, just before we came in here, uh, earning OVC Outdoor Freshman of the Year honors. The second year in a row a governor has taken the outdoor honor and the third year in a row that Austin P has won freshman of the year either indoor or outdoor so quite a bit to be hopeful and positive about when it comes to the future of this Austin P program uh Wilder one of two student athletes ranked among the league's top eight in the 100 200 and 400 meter dash events and one of just two freshman student athletes across the league to rank in the top two in any given event this is a very veteran laden league right now and among the young up-and-comers she is definitely one of the ones to stand out and one of the ones to watch going forward we will take a break and bring in bobby head a very tired bobby head of the baseball team after his very late night coming back from knoxville right after this yeah i'm gonna take my horse through the old town road i'm gonna Ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the back Horse stock is attached Head is mad at black Got the boosters black to match Riding on a horse You can whip your horse I've been in a valley So I'm here today with a probably not as lucid as he'd like to be Bobby Head after the Tennessee road trip and the very, very late night that you guys had getting back. Uh, tell everybody what happened last night. Well, we were on our way back from Knoxville, and uh, back of the bus started seeing some smoke, and uh, a few players were getting amped up, saying, pull over, pull over, like, what's going on here? So we pull over and get off the bus in Cookville at a gas station, and half of the bus was on not on fire, but it was smoking pretty good, so... We had a pit stop there, and we were there for about two hours, and the new bus didn't come until about 12.30, and we still had two hours left, so we didn't get back about 3.30 last night. And yet he's here today, bright out at 10 a.m. Speaking of eyes, how bad are yours without correction? If I'm being honest, pretty close to blind without them. It's pretty bad. At what point did you decide glasses over contacts in the field? I've never actually worn contacts, so glasses have been my go-to the whole time. Really? You just yeah. didn't want to fool with it? Just never could get them in my eyes. When I started off wearing glasses in middle school, I just never could get the contacts in. Tell me a little bit about your senior year uniforms at West Orange. Uh, those are pretty unique. I mean, kind of reminds me of, like, Oregon. We had over 14 combinations. 
our coach really took pride in that, so it was pretty awesome to have that. So, it looked like Florida Gators, except like blown out to the max. Yeah, it's really. It was really. It was really blown out, and I mean, as a player, you love that. So I mean, I'm not gonna hate on that. So. Last season, you got thrown into the fire early and often, moving around the diamond a little bit, um, and really had to kind of take ownership of a spot in the order from day one. Was it fair to expect you to come in right away and be a, a top-of-the-order contributor fresh out of high school? I think it is fair. I mean, I think nowadays high school prepares you for that and coaches recruit you to come in and play right away and I think that's I think it's completely fair I think you just got to be ready and work hard enough to be able to handle that role what was the adjustment like what was the biggest was the steepest part of the learning curve uh definitely probably just the the pitching just how every day you're coming out seeing a top arm it's no more like oh we got a weak arm on the mound it's just every day is top tier arms you hit your first career home run against Clemson, and, and that was part of a really good weekend for you. I think you hit 400 against the 11th-ranked team in the country. What was that whole experience like? I mean, that whole series was was a great experience. I mean, first at bat at Clemson was a home run, my first of the, my career. So, I mean, that was really cool. I especially do it with my whole family in the stands. I mean, I could hear them yelling in front of all those people. So, I mean, it was a pretty awesome experience. But definitely that that whole series was – just great for the whole team. I mean, we didn't come out scared. We just played like we were just been playing all season, and just turned out pretty good. I know we lost the series, but we really gave it. We gave it to them. We gave it to them. Twenty nineteen got off to a pretty slow start for you at the plate. What's changed over the last six weeks or so? Well, definitely. I mean, yeah, coming out slow is really hard just to bounce back because you know, looking on that board, your average is low and. But definitely what changed is just like coming to the park every day, knowing today's a new day and just being able to wash whatever happened the day before and just new opportunities every day. That's what's good about baseball. The next set of questions are things that people told me to ask you and that you would have some kind of perspective on it. So uh, iPhone or Android? Uh, definitely iPhone. That's kind of an inside joke, but I can't really say it on the air. We're really? Definitely, yeah, definitely iPhone. Okay, well, Newbie new uh, was the one that told me to ask about that. Um, I've been told that you have some familiarity with Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I mean, uh, me and Jesse, we uh, he trains at our high school field in the off season, so me and him are uh, pretty good friends. We hit BP and just train over the off season, so it's pretty cool to see like the big leaders and what they do in the off season, how they train. So. Casey Krieger tells me you have a pair of linker cleats. I do. That is correct. He doesn't believe me, but I do. <laughs> uh, someone also told me that you have an operatic singing voice. That is also very true. Uh, Please give an example. On there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, one day. I mean, uh, I just woke up, but... <laughs> All right, we'll circle back to that at the end, give you a little bit more time to get woke up. Um, Alex Sala has informed me that you have problematic sports fandom takes. Please address this accusation. <laughs> um, so I am from Florida, and there's not really a known Florida team, especially in the NFL. But, yeah, whoever really starts off hot is kind of who I cheer for. I know it's kind of 
But yeah, last year it was the Jags and they made that playoff run. This year the Bucks started off 4-0, so I was cheering for the Bucks. And sometimes when the Dolphins are doing good, which is not very often, I cheer for the Dolphins. So yeah, I'm kind of very problematic on that field, but when did you decide you were just going to kind of support whoever was doing well as opposed to picking somebody and rolling with them? Well, I mean, growing up, we my we just never like had a team that we that we followed, so I mean, I really just said Screw it! I'll just cheer for whoever's doing good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess that's probably that's one way to do it. Um, are you familiar with the phrase "Florida man"? Not really. Okay, so like when you listen to the news and some a person is who's done something stupid or heinous is described as Florida man. Yeah, now I know what you take, mean, yeah. Takes an alligator into a convenience store, something like that. Do you have any good Florida man stories being from Florida? Um, do I? Um, I mean, definitely. I mean, the alligator one's definitely up there. I mean, not personally, but a few of my friends have gotten a few wrestles with a few alligators so i mean that's definitely that's a thing people actually do yeah Why? definitely you get the you get the ones that are smaller than you but yeah i mean it's still an alligator i know people are crazy in florida i mean i don't know it's just the alligators i mean lightning i mean just just always a lot of, a lot of stupid stuff in florida why do you think that is why is that florida i don't know i mean i think it's a lot of different activities happen in Florida, especially that people aren't used to. So I just, when someone's not used to seeing it, they just, oh, that's definitely Florida. So, I mean, I don't know. But it's something that as a Florida native, you're like, yeah, this is my home state. This is this is what we get up to. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what is your favorite word? My favorite word. Got you. Excuse me. <laughs> it's it's a, that's an inside joke for the team, but like whenever uh, we play a lot of jokes, and whenever like you get someone to do something, it's like and that you mess with them, you just say "got you." <laughs> I guess if you're the one getting got, that may also be your least favorite word. Yep, that was going to be the next question: is what's your least favorite word? Um, least favorite word. I don't know. Least favorite word. I don't really have one. I don't know. Who or what inspires you? Definitely my my mom. She uh she inspires me. She always been the hardest working one in the family. Always uh did all the all the work around the house. So definitely she inspires me to come out every day and just do what I do on the field and just try to work hard and be the best. You. Not to get sidetracked, but like you have a really, really athletic family. Your sister's uh, a volleyball player, and the youngest is supposed to be the best of you, right? Yeah, he's probably going to be the best. My sister's committed to Arkansas for volleyball. Both my parents played D1 sports at Eastern Kentucky. So, yeah, it definitely runs in the family, I guess you could say. Uh, what's your little brother the best at? Is it baseball? Uh, yeah, he's going to be the best baseball player, but he does play football, basketball, soccer. He just plays it all. What's the last book you read for fun? Gosh, I am not a reader, but the last book I read. I 
I don't even think I read a book in high school. I know that's, that doesn't sound good. Um, high school wasn't that long ago for you. Yeah, that is true. Um, probably the last book I read would be... Uh, maybe, uh, gosh, what is, what did I read? Um, I don't know, like Magic Treehouse or something? I don't know. It's been <laughs> <laughs> what is your worst habit? My worst habit, probably playing Fortnite. Takes a lot of my time away that probably should be doing other stuff like school on average how many hours a week are you devoting to Fortnite? Uh, probably like hour and a half a day so that's a non-insignificant amount of the week then. <laughs> what is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in um being broken down in the middle of the night in cookville seems <laughs> like a contender at least yeah i mean that was pretty I mean, we didn't know if we were going to get a new bus. So that was pretty kind of scary. And we didn't know if we were allowed to breathe in the the, <laughs> the oxygen, whatever that was pumping out of that bus. Yeah, so I'll say that. That's fine. <laughs> What's your idea of happiness? Uh, definitely just being on the beach, just kicking back, nice sunset, just perfect. Waves crashing, just perfect. That's perfect for me. What's your idea of misery? Misery, definitely being alone, nothing to do, no money. So just bored, I'm just straight up bored. Bored, yeah, I hate being bored. What makes you self-conscious? Hmm, probably, um, uh, definitely when I first started wearing glasses, uh, I was really self-conscious, but I mean now I got the Ray-Bans, I got the swag now, so I'm not really worried about it. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Uh, Baby Shark. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Why? I just love that. The theme of the song, I just love it. I mean, a lot of the guys on the team, we play it almost after every game, so it's really, it's, yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> How would you prefer to die? Um, quick and no pain. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Great white shark. Yeah, just roam the ocean, being the top of the biggest one in the ocean, just doing whatever I want, eating people. <laughs> you want to eat people? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what might prompt you to lie? Um, What might prompt me? Maybe if I was like, if I didn't want to hurt someone or like I didn't want them to know something that I did, maybe, yeah, definitely I'd have to lie. What makes you hopeful? Hopeful? Yeah. What do you mean, like? About anything, life in general. Um, just being able to, just be able to like, be on this planet. I don't know. Maybe just having a new day every day. I mean, always new opportunities. So I mean, there's always hopeful for bigger achievements, bigger expectations. So, I mean, just taking every day, taking every day as a new day. What is our purpose in life? Our purpose? Like, everyone's? Yeah, everyone's, yeah. Uh, I think just to... Everyone was put on this planet to do something, and I think everyone's finds that out. I don't know, at a young age, old age, but everyone's purpose is different. I think definitely just 
being who you're who you want to be and who you think you can be i don't know you're right at the halfway point now in your collegiate career what not just for the rest of baseball season but also definitely for the rest of baseball season but for the rest of the time you're here at austin p what are you hoping to get out of this experience well definitely i mean i've already created some amazing friends some great bonds that i'll probably never forget but definitely just being able to meet new people and I mean, our goal is definitely to win the OVC championship this year. And I think, I mean, we're t- tied for first right now. So, I mean, this could be the year to definitely do it. But definitely just to be able to come out every day and just play with these guys and just play as a team. And just like that friendship that you create is really awesome. Long term, what are your plans? Long term, definitely uh, just keep winning. I mean, I mean that's, I'm sure that's what everyone says. But, yeah, definitely long term just I mean getting new talent in here every year and just hopefully next year it's the same thing I mean we're in the top of the race and just going to a regional and being able to like do it kind of like Tennessee Tech did last year as a team winning that regional and going to a super regional that's just what the that's what you come so you come to a D1 school for too so what about you personally what are you what are you wanting out of life I mean obviously I mean I'd love to hopefully somehow get drafted get signed something just take that next step but if that doesn't work just being able to get get a college degree here and go into coaching is what I really want to do after baseball well you got a couple more years to build on all of that and uh we'll be watching your career and the governor's thrust away with great interest so uh, Bobby Head thanks for coming in today thank you I've been through all that I'm like a Marlboro man so I keep going back wish I could roll on back to that old town road I wanna ride Okay, big thanks to Bobby Head. Uh, hopefully he's going back to get a little bit of rest now after the Govs drug in very, very late from Knoxville last night. Looking ahead to this week, obviously getting really, really thin now as the season begins to wind down for every program. Track and field will be in the mix at the 2019 OVC Outdoor Track and Field Championships beginning Thursday in Cape Girardeau. With Savannah Amato and Daisha Hicks shelved due to injury, the pole vault will be more up in the air, pun very much intended, than usual. But that means Morgan Bradley, the 2018 OVC Outdoor Freshman of the Year, could bring home her first gold. She will be battling, uh, I believe it's Sierra Maddox of Southeast Missouri, who will have the home field advantage. But this is a, a prime opportunity for young Morgan Bradley to, to really step forward and announce herself as the next big thing in OVC pole vault. The girls will be in the conversation for spots on the podium in myriad events, including both relays, both hurdles, the 100, 200, 400, and 10,000 meter running events, and the high and triple jumps. Senior Nia Gibbs-Francis will compete in the heptathlon and may find herself on the podium in the high jump and 400 meter hurdles as well. 
In addition to the favorites, Austin Peay student-athletes have a chance to help add to the governor's tally just by making the finals with several governors operating on the fringes of the top eight heading into the championships. Diamond Battle in the 100, Timethea Tolbert in the 200, Elena Johnson in the 400, Maddie Morstad in the 800, and Maya Perry Grimes, Cameron McClellan, and Lennox Walker in the jumps all have a chance to leapfrog the competition, get into the finals in those events, and pick up some extra and much-needed points for the governors. And for the softball team, right now as we record this, the Govs are playing Belmont to open their OVC tournament in Jacksonville, Alabama. The number three seed in the tournament, the Govs will face a Bruins team that they torched twice earlier this season in Clarksville. And with a win, they will go up against Jacksonville State at 10 a.m. on Thursday. If, unfortunately, they lose, they will... Um, they will play either e EKU or SIUE in a win-or-go-home contest Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. Uh, or Sorry, let me clarify. The loser between Southeast Missouri and then either EKU or SIUE in a win-or-go-home contest Thursday evening at 5.30. Um, and, and last year was such a, an incredible wild ride. The expectations of, you know, at, at that time were almost nothing considering where the program had been and, and just being involved and – Having a chance in, in a postseason tournament was exciting in itself, but this year with um, now an expectation to be at the top of the conference and you know to replicate a lot of the stuff they did last year, you know they expect to to be there right at the end and, and take this title home, and they have played well enough to do so. Um, you know, closing out games I think would be you know very important. They have, they have the pitching to do so. They have four first team All of UC um, honorees and an all second team and an all newcomer. T um, award winner as well they have the the lineup talent all over the field so it's just a question if they can go out and perform the baseball team travels to eiu this weekend uh charleston not a fun place to play uh and the panthers are better than they've been in a while they've kind of languished for several years at or near the bottom of the ovc but they're firmly middle of the pack right now at 24 and 24 overall Panthers played just 15 games at home going 8-7, and seven, which I guess if you're in Charleston and it's snowy and terrible from October to April, you don't get in many home games the first year or first month, month and a half of the season. Where was where was Charleston in our OVC draft? Because they had to be in the lower spectrum. Of that, I, mean. uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was them and Moorhead somewhere. I mean, Murray being last, them yeah. and Moorhead fighting for the – spot above Murray. Uh, the Govs have not lost a series in Charleston since 2010, EIU hitting 294 as a unit, but went 3-6 and six against the top three pitching staffs in the OVC, and the Govs rank fourth. The Panthers put the ball in play, striking out a league low 295 times this season, but the Govs have struck out a league-high 430 opponents, so we will see what happens between the irresistible force and the immovable object. The next midweek against Western Kentucky on Tuesday evening will be the final one in Raymond Seaham Park in 2019 as the Govs get set to close the regular season with a four-game homestand. And with community service probably out in terms of local things being organized by Haley Jacoby for the summer, uh, if you are doing something unique, some kind of service trip, something a little bit out of the ordinary, uh, don't forget to log it and reach out to me at wilsonrc at apsu.edu or on the Twitter machine so we can feature it some way this fall. Get in touch and stay with us via web and social media as we do. At the end of every show, Dylan will try to put his positive little spin on where you can find <laughs> us on the interwebs.
Let'sGoP.com, the official site of Austin P Athletics. We also have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts at P, and we have, you know, every single team here has a Twitter account. You can, you know, look up their respective handles and follow them for all the updates and news regarding each team. Um, as we wrap up most of the teams here, I want to give a huge shout out to Taylor Wiseman and, and, and Tyler Davis uh, in the departments of video services and digital media, especially Tyler, who will be leaving us on May 13th and. You know, we're all you know very sad that he's leaving, but it's a good opportunity for him, and and we wish him the best. Except for Taylor Wiseman, who boos him every time he says anything. <laughs> Let's go, P.com for dates, news, and stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Olay, myself. Uh, still things happening all the time over on Let's Go P.com. Uh, APR release just came out. We're doing excellent academically. Um, graduating kids, sending people out in the world. Um, all kinds of more fascinating things than that over there. That was just kind of the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, check it all out. And for tickets, Katie Lock, Sydney Hooper, they have you covered. We have only one more home baseball weekend, only four home games left uh, at Raymond Seaham Park. And, of course, football on the horizon. So if you want to come out and watch Austin P football, please go and start pestering Katie about tickets. And speaking of departures, Sydney Hooper's last day um, to be subjugated to abuse from all of us is May 31st. So pop on in to say farewell because, as we all know, they love visitors. And that they do. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Wish Dylan good fortune as he gets set to depart us as well. Tweet at us. I'm at C Wilson two two five. He's at Dylan Schwartz D Y L A N S C H W A R T Z. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you maybe next week. Maybe next fall.